0: Hello and welcome to Bull Moose Radio, I am your host Vincent, and in this episode we're going to be talking about the Charlottesville, what happened, what now event that took place on uh, Penn State's campus uh, two days ago. Um, so this was uh, an event advertised as a, an expose on um, the events of Charlottesville and what it reveals about the, the state of modern discourse and where we're, we're headed next, what now um, and what it manifested as was pretty much just a uh, platform for lots of um, professors, but mostly of African American studies to just spew their ideology out on, you know, maybe a wider audience than they normally get to take their, you know, nonsensical courses. Um, and, It was it was quite packed. There was a lot of people, evidently, who were were very very interested in the events of uh, Charlottesville, and I mean I'm sure some of them were probably completely satisfied with the bullshit sandwich that they were fed for two hours, Um, but I wasn't. I attended this event, and what I saw was, surprise, surprise, a lot of anti-Americanism, a lot of anti-specifically Caucasian-American. You know, it's amusing for people that seem to be against bigotry, that, or that, that say they're against bigotry, that they do not seem to act in accordance with that. Their egalitarian philosophy seems to extend to everybody except for white males, which, okay, so you're your idea is that they're the ones in power, well, ultimately, you know, if you're just going to keep attacking the people that are in power, you're not going to get anything done. And that's 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 ultimately the problem, but, you know, I've gone over, you know, their ideology and the the way that they don't believe that any single individual has any right to govern or to um, have disproportionate control over resources compared to any other individual and so you know of course if you see one set of individuals who have a disproportionate amount of control over resources and politics in in a given country or geographic area then you're going to think well there must be something wrong here or maybe just for whatever reason those are the best people qualified is that you know is that a consider i mean i don't see them going around you know uh attacking uh, indians and and pakistani uh, individuals who all seem to own gas stations not all of them but a disproportionate amount of them you know hey they have control over our gas and you know cigarettes and mountain dew and doritos that we get on road trips this is this is unfair well no because they only go after the people who have the power that they want they want the power to govern they want the control over resources, because they're greedy, and they're not worthy of wielding such power, so they have to get it by illegitimate means, namely convincing people that nobody has a right to it, which means they should get it. Okay, so back to the event. So there were six speakers, uh, Cynthia Young, Courtney Desiree Morris, uh, Abraham Kahn, Janine Stables, Joshua Inwood, and Ariana Adler. Um, I'm gonna go through them in the order that they spoke, and you know, I wrote some notes down about what each was saying. So Cynthia Young um, addressed the the myth that white nationalists come from nowhere, and she said, "Ooh, they're they're hiding in plain sight. They're everywhere. You you know, your bus driver, he's a, probably a white nationalist if he's white. Your um, your you're maybe maybe the guy that sits next to you in class. Maybe maybe even maybe even your economics teacher. Those those economists, they they all seem to be very." very very white and very i don't know bad because they tell you that you know maybe redistributionism is not a good thing some of them some of them don't because you know they buy into the whole social justice narrative as they must in order to climb the hierarchy of bureaucracy that is the modern university okay so she addressed the fact that white people will become a demographic minority in 2050 if current trends hold, and she's saying that we're just scared of this. All, all white people just—they're just scared. They're scared of having the, you know, populations that really don't seem to do a great job governing their own localities, um, namely individuals from. Uh, Mexico and South America, and um, uh, those populations of the inter inner cities that seem to be growing, um, uh, it, not not great places to, to live. Inner cities and um, uh, Mexico, really not great places to live. So, I mean, I, I think you'll forgive me if I'm a little concerned about the uh, the political minoritization of those populations who are seeming to maintain well-organized uh, well, uh, well organized and productive localities. Um, but, regardless, uh, this resurgence of nationalism and white nationalism, this is, is a result of white people dying off. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe you're right. Does that make it invalid? But, is that something they question? Absolutely not, because ultimately White people. I mean, it's it's more or less tacitly admitted. I mean, it's she she even calls it violent extreme whiteness. So it's not it's 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 extreme whiteness. So this is the natural result of whiteness in her view, is uh um those people who wish to commit violent acts against minorities. This is the natural view of whiteness, not the natural you know or it's not it's not any kind of uh extreme extremism that, that could occur in any nationality or ethnicity, it's, it's whiteness. It's specifically whiteness that results in this. <sighs> um, oh yeah, uh, she points out that the rise in right, right-wing extremism uh, started with the rise of Obama's election. It's, it's not Trump's fault, it's Obama's fault because he was black and there's so many people that, that just that hate black people in this country that, that they, they couldn't stand it. And so they just rose up you know, maybe it's maybe it's that or maybe it's the fact that wages stagnated and um, you know the rich got quite a lot richer and the rest of us seem to be more regulated and less capable of achieving our own destiny and uh, producing for ourselves than ever before. That can't be it. It must be that he was brown and we hate him because he was brown. That's it. Again, then Courtney Desiree Morris talks about uh, that the idea that white supremacists are. She talks about the myth that white supremacists are a political fringe, and in fact, I didn't know this, but uh, the United States has a long history of uh, white supremacy. Has a long and you know really, it's a deep-rooted that that um, uh, we. The very roots of this country are something to fix that is what she was uh, pointing out so so our all of our traditions all of our institutions they're all something to be fixed and presumably replaced with whatever effed up version of marxism is in this you know, loony bins noodle um Uh, she talks about the that white people, once again, are fearing the demise of dominance. Oh, geez, well, that's a way to make it sound like you know, it's something that hap- needs to happen. Oh, dominance, that's, that's terrible. Or maybe it's just self-determination. Determination. Self-determinism. Is that, is that something that's so horrible? I think it is, because that's a challenge to those who wish to uh, rule the institutions of higher learning and government and political economy um she laughed at the idea of uh, white people fearing the their their loss of power um you know once again is it necessarily white people fearing their personal loss of power uh or is it you know the the fear that those who have no uh, culture uh no no heritage for this nation no no love for it it's, it's founding no love for it, it's traditions will become political majorities is is that a legit a legitimate fear does it have to have anything to do with their race i don't know i don't think so but you know these leftists seem darn sure of it um yeah oh yeah she she stated that there are no laws discriminating against the whites which is interesting because they're you know well, if you're looking at something that calls out uh, a racial um, difference in the legal terminology, then no, there are no laws calling out uh, white people. But there are also no laws uh, that discriminate against um, uh, black people or Asians or Jews or anything like that. There's, there are no laws that specifically call these people out. So if you're going with the social justice definition of uh, resulting in a disparate outcome of um, action like for example uh, murder um, if the African- American population seems to, to com- commit a disproportionate amount of murders in in a given area then um, then that law must be racist um, uh, so that that seems to be their working definition and I think that there are plenty of examples of laws that disproportionately affect Caucasians um, uh, one, is uh, taxes. Uh, White people pay the vast majority of taxes in this nation and a disproportionate amount to many minority groups. So all those uh, fancy little shiny new welfare programs that the left wants to institute, uh, that's gonna come right out of the pocket of all the hard-working Caucasians of this nation and they really don't seem too concerned about that fact, that uh, discriminatory disproportionate effect but why would they? So Abraham Kahn, um, uh, thus far, pretty much all of these people, uh, well, all of these people, uh, except for I believe two, are from the African American Studies Department. Um, Abraham Kahn, also uh, from the Communications Department as well, uh, spoke about speech and rhetoric, and uh, he illustrated the point that speech is a form of action. Now this is very interesting. His point was basically that the goal of speech is to in, uh, encourage action, is to garner a action from the audience. The goal of rhetoric certainly is is to convince the audience to do something, or you know maybe say something else. But ultimately, somebody's got to do something, and therefore, the speaker has some. Uh, uh, responsibility to the actions of the audience. And this is very interesting to me because it sounds like, okay, that's, that's about right. But what he's fundamentally doing here is is denying the agency of human beings, which is a dangerous path. I mean, you... You can't do much once you once you start removing the, the capacity for individuals to make decisions which affect their own lives and, you know, allow them to face those consequences. Because ultimately, then, you know, all you're trying to do is trace back through history who was the original person to come up with a bad idea that resulted in an action you didn't like. Like, it's not a feasible solution here because ultimately somebody's got to be responsible. And the far better, more utilitarian uh, perspective is that all people are responsible. We each have our own agency. We can choose to listen to somebody. We can choose to take an action. We can choose not to take an action. These are our responsibilities. And we can be given information. We can be denied information. But ultimately, the results of our actions are still our own in uh, uh, responsibility. And. He just doesn't like that. A lot of leftists don't like that because they want a world where everybody is just a little child, just a you know innocent figure who um, needs the state to take care of them. And and just the the individuals who push these ideologies are often um, you know overly neurotic. Um, sort of Oedipal mother types. They, they want to be the smothering mo- mother to, to a globe of, of you know, infantile children. Um, and so he denies agency. He says that free speech, uh, in fact, is, is impossible because speech garners action. And so free speech, or er, speech as an action, should be regulated he compares it to alcohol which is just amazing um like as if somebody can like speak and intoxicate you that the, that's basically the, the metaphor that he was running with um i mean i don't know you think you're such a great rhetorician that you can just like hypnotize people into being drunk with your your beautiful words but of course these these leftists have massive egos um so Another thing, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. He he then goes on to a little classic leftist double speak. He says, "Free speech rega- requires dialogue. It requires you hearing ideas that you might find uncomfortable." And I find that very interesting because then in the same sentence or the next sentence, he goes on to say, uh, "the uni- the university free speech community must build a." Uh, uh, a free speech culture which is centered around one simple truth. And you know what his simple truth is? Fascism is unwelcome here. Oh, that's great. So just call it something different. Oh, you don't like to call it something different? Well, then who knows what fascism is? You know what fascism is? So basically anyone that you find distasteful and that you lump in the definition of fascism is completely unwelcome in your free speech culture your university dialogue does not welcome anyone you consider a fascist well isn't that convenient okay Mm, janine stables janine stables uh targets the the myth that You will know a white nationalist when you see one. You probably won't, she says. White supremacist patriarchy resides in the heart of every single American. I'm going to read that again. She says that white supremacist patriarchy resides in the heart of almost every single American. So you're corrupt, you're corrupt, you're corrupt. Every single person, probably every single person, no doubt, she would consider every single person that's listening to this podcast is a Holds white supremacist patriarchy in their heart. It's it's amazing how you know historical and ideological paradigms repeat themselves. You know today's social justice uh, African American studies professor was the the fire and brimstone uh, evangelical preacher of the the days bygone three hundred years ago. The ones that are wrote about the you know everybody is damned everybody is damned, but maybe just maybe if you repent if you repent for your sins of white supremacist patriarchy then you can you can achieve the kumbaya one love uh, paradise of socialist utopia and it's ridiculous it's it's absurd to attribute a um a character flaw to the majority of well, to yeah almost all of your country folk that they aren't even aware of that they aren't even willing to address that that they would reject themselves and that they many of whom go out of their way to um, to act against this is it's insulting and it it um, it really illustrates the, the hatred that these professors have for everyday Americans. It's amazing. It's amazing the kind of truth that is revealed in this. <sighs> so Joshua Inwood, um, uh, he was a geography professor. He talked about the myth that Seville was about southern heritage. And then he talks about the fact that uh, these monuments... They were all put up uh, when uh, as symbols of uh, racism, and, uh, racist resurgence, and that they were all put up in times when racism was on the rise, um, and somehow that was supposed to, you know, like deny that they were cultural aspects of of the South, and that these were men who were, you know, intelligent and respectable. You know, I I think that there's a decent argument to say that Robert E. Lee was less racist than Abraham Lincoln. Um, But, eh, whoever. Whatever. Not going to change their minds. Oh, and uh, talked a lot about fake news um, and held up a bunch of Breitbart articles. Oh, well. Arianna Adler uh, of the Jewish Studies Department talked about... (laughs) This was quite amusing. I'm gonna actually go on of this. Um, it, it's amazing how the the coalition that is formed um, around these leftist, progressive, nonsensical, just just freaking anti-American degenerates. They they have this like stack where they they don't. Uh, acknowledge any kind of uh, rightful hierarchy, except for those who are, are oppressed. Uh, uh, Dave Rubin talks about the 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 progressive stack, the the <laughs> the hierarchy of oppression. Who's the most 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 oppressed? Um, and I think they found her. The other, it was a transgender illegal immigrant. I think. Although I don't know, the uh, I'm pretty sure that that was probably the most oppressed person. Um, that's the most oppressed person that I've ever heard of. But anyway, um, that was just an aside. Wow, I'm getting kind of tired right now. Um, the the yeah. So this Jewish studies lady, who I presume is Jewish, is talking about the the plight of being Jewish in in an era where anti-Semitism is on the rise um, which is absolutely amazing there was like 600 incidents of anti-Semitism which I believe like tweets count as anti-Semitism now Um, so I mean you'll forgive me if that's not like a big number that I'm really concerned about Um, but Every, every point that she makes about the you know the rise of oppressive structures against uh, Jews and and you know hateful actions she has to she pathologically needs to go out of her way to say but it's not as bad as, as some people have it's not as bad as illegal Americans it's not as bad as bad as African Americans it, but it's, it's bad it's bad but it's not as bad as them it's not as bad as them which is amazing that they can, you know, say this while they hold, you know, um, positions of, of power throughout the, you know, the, the world. It's like twelve percent of Congress are Jewish, and um, uh, a significant portion of the media is controlled by uh, people of Jewish heritage. And uh, I mean, not that there's necessarily anything wrong with that. It's just that. It's amusing that they're complaining alongside people who are actually economically disenfranchised um, uh, when they have some of the largest controls of, of power and influence uh, proportioned to their demographic of, of any ethnic group in the world. Um, but, of course, they're conscious of this, and so they have to continuously... But, 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 but it's not as bad. It's not as bad as some people. Some people have a worse. Don't worry. Some people have a worse. Like, I can't imagine how much they get, must get run over in, like, discussions. I was like, well, you know, there was a cemetery that was uh, blown through by a Nazi storm or something. And, you know, somebody just runs over them like, it's like, yeah, but we were slaves. But, like, you know, the Holocaust. Yeah, but you know how many brothers and sisters died in those slave ships coming over here. Fun fact, slave ships were run by um, people of uh, Semitic heritage. So once again, I don't necessarily think that that garners any reaction to those who are alive today. But I don't know if they're looking at some, but if if these, you know, uh, Descendants of the slaves are looking for somebody to, you know, blame or at least people to spread the blame around. I would think that the um, the Jewish people have not necessarily been at least proportionally kind to those of um, uh, darker skin. Let's say uh, I believe that the largest slave owner in the South was in fact Jewish uh, around the time of the Civil War and uh, 40% of uh, Jewish households in the South owned slaves, while it was only like 5% of Caucasian households that owned slaves. But that doesn't matter, because all of the rhetoric is specifically uh, to attack white people. They are to attack the most productive and industrious in the society. (sighs) Oh, well... Such is our lot And all I can do is Is talk to you and Remind you that there are people Who understand That The world is backwards But the good news is it won't last Uh, One of two things will happen Either people will figure out that this is all Nonsense that these professors need to be You know Detenurized and uh, sent to Insane asylums I'm in favor of of that as a public program, you know, I'm not in favor of a lot of public programs, but we can get we can get some insane asylums up. I'm willing to voluntarily fund that, and I feel like uh, private, privatized insane asylums would not work very well. So, that might be a, something that's at least should be public for the short term, um, and you know, filled with professors. Obviously, I mean, I really don't care if you know you got your bag, ladies. That's fine as long as there's no professors wandering around the, the streets terrorizing the village um well that's pretty much it that is what went down at this little festival of uh anti-american hatred oh this is what your tuition dollars are funding just uh, thought i'd remind you um, that's pretty much it hope you have a wonderful night and remember you need to combat the extreme whiteness that resides in your in your evil bigoted soul and in order to do that what you, what you must do is is turn your heart black